Well, if you read the New Testament, one thing is, that's clear is that the gospel is relevant to every area of life. Uh, the gospel isn't merely something that you believe once so that you can get into heaven and then you forget about it and you move on to other things. No, the gospel is a cluster of truths that are supposed to shape every area of our lives. Uh, the New Testament uh, basically teaches that you should rehearse the gospel and preach the gospel to yourself over and over and over again. Uh, for example, if you have a need and you wonder, does God even want to address this need? Does he, does he hear my prayers? Preach the gospel to yourself. The gospel says that Jesus died for your sins. He was raised on the third day. He's at the right hand of God as your faithful high priest. Therefore, you can come boldly to the throne of grace so that you'll receive mercy and grace in time of need. When you're tempted to sin or you, don't, you just don't feel like being obedient in some area of your life, preach the gospel to yourself. The gospel will tell you that you have been bought with the price. You are not your own. Therefore, glorify God in your body. When you're suffering, when your faith is weak, when you're experiencing trials and you, you wonder, is it worth it to persevere? Preach the gospel to yourself. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Uh, remember him who endured hostility against himself by sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Are you covered in shame and guilt because of something you've done? Preach the gospel to yourself. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so we can, honestly, there are dozens of these types of scriptures that, that suggest that in whatever situation we're in, we need to see the relevance of the gospel. And so we rehearse these scriptures internally and in conversation. When we do that, we preach the gospel to ourselves and others. This morning, we're going to baptize uh, several people, two here in this, this first service. But believer's baptism is one more way that we rehearse the gospel. It's one more way that we preach the gospel here in this corporate setting. And so we hope that you leave here today with a better understanding of the gospel and a deeper commitment to rehearsing the gospel in your everyday life. So as we prepare for today's baptisms, I want us to consider three truths about the gospel and baptism. And the first truth I want us to consider is that, that baptism is actually distinct from the gospel. In the church at Corinth, one of the things that divided them, there were many. There were spiritual gifts. There was these allegiances to different teachers. I'm of Paul. I'm of Apollos. I'm of Peter. Uh, but, but one of the things that, that divided them was baptism. And so in order to stress that there should be no division among believers, Paul writes this in 1 Corinthians 1. <clears throat> we'll begin in verse 13. He asks rhetorically, has Christ been divided? Of course not. Paul was not crucified for you, was he? Of course not. Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? He says, I thank God I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius, so that no one would say you were baptized in my name. Now, I did baptize also the household of Stephanas. Beyond that, I do not know whether I baptized any other. And so we're going to see Paul placed a high view, a high value on baptism, but he was actually glad that he only baptized a few people. So there wasn't this huge block of people in Corinth that said, we were baptized by Paul, implying we're superior to you because the apostle to the Gentiles baptized us. And then he says this in verse 17, he says, for Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not in cleverness of speech, 
so that the cross of Christ would not be made void. And so you do, see that, do you see there that baptism and the gospel are distinct? They're not one and the same thing. Paul says that ultimately <clears throat> Christ didn't send them to baptize. In a minor sense, he did because he said, I baptized people. So, But in an ultimate sense, he said, God didn't send me to baptize but to preach the gospel. His core mission was to appeal to people, believe this truth that Jesus died for your sins, he was buried, he was raised on the third day, and then he appealed to many, many people. And so he, he appealed to people to believe the gospel and experience his power, its power. In, in Romans 1, he said, the gospel is a power of God to, for salvation to Everyone who believes, it doesn't matter if you're Jew or Gentile, male, female, slave or free, if you believe the gospel, it is the power for salvation. You will become a new creature in Christ, you'll have new appetites, you will actually live in newness of life. And so this is a distinction Paul made between the gospel and baptism, and it doesn't diminish the significance of baptism, rather it elevates the significance of the gospel. The gospel was primary, baptism was secondary. So what is the gospel? Well, simply put, the gospel is the good news of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. We looked at this scripture a couple of A couple of weeks ago in 1 Corinthians 15, it's one of the clearest statements of the gospel. Paul tells them in 1 Corinthians 1 that that, uh, I want to remind you of the gospel I preach to you. And so you see it in Romans, you see it in Corinthians, I'm, I'm preaching the gospel to you here. He reminded them of the gospel that they had received, the gospel in which they stand, the gospel by which they had been saved. And then he says this in verses three through five, he says, for I delivered to you as of first importance, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. And so he reminds them the gospel was of first importance. The gospel wasn't secondary. The gospel was of first importance. It was primary. The core thing they, they believed was the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, And so there are four verbs there. Christ died for your sins, he was buried, he was raised on the third day, and then he appeared to many. The fact that he appeared means that we're not just talking about a metaphor here. We're not just saying life out of death or new beginnings. We're saying Jesus was bodily raised from the dead. And those who believe this gospel are followers of Christ. And so the gospel is the power of God to everyone who believes. And so baptism does not save a person. The gospel saves a person. And so the pattern throughout the the book of Acts is that people believe the gospel, then they were baptized. And these are first-generation believers. They were coming from Judaism or paganism. So they believed the gospel, then they were baptized. And so that may make you wonder, well, if if baptism is secondary, what's the point? It just seems like an add-on. Is there really really any purpose in baptism? Is it really valuable? Well, Paul's answer is absolutely, yes, baptism is very important, among other reasons, because baptism is an enacted parable of the gospel. It really is an acted-out parable of the gospel. In Romans 6, Paul's explaining why the gospel doesn't lead to a disregard for obedience. Apparently, there are some who have the logic 
the more you sin, the more grace you receive. And people say, well, that's a great setup because I love to sin. God loves to give grace. So this is perfect. And so Paul says, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase? May it never be. How shall we who died to sin still live in it? And then beginning in verse 3, he, gives a, he, gives, he, gives, he uses their baptism as a teaching point and shows the analogy of what really happened spiritually when they believed. He says, or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism in de- into death so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. And so there's, there's this is obviously a profound passage, and we won't really uh, draw out much of what it says. But for our purposes today, notice that Paul points them back to their baptism and reminds them. He says, do you not know? So this isn't new. You should know this. Do you not know? the significance of your baptism. He says, baptism signifies that whatever happened to Christ happens to those who are in Christ. And so uh, Paul says to believers, you've been baptized into his death. You've been buried with him through baptism into death so that as Christ was raised from the dead, we too might walk in newness of life. And so that's the gospel the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And so in light of 1 Corinthians 15, we would say that baptism reenacts the gospel. Jesus died, and I died with him. Jesus was buried. I was buried with him in his death. Jesus rose from the dead. I was raised up with Christ, and now I am just as alive to God as Jesus was. I was raised so that I might have a newness of life. And so baptism is an acted out, is an enactment of the gospel. And so each of those that are being baptized here today, they're basically saying, I've experienced this. I have experienced the gospel. I've been, I have died with Christ. I've been buried with him, and I've been raised to a whole new way of living. Those who are being baptized, they aren't claiming that they've achieved a certain level of maturity. They're not saying that they've arrived in any sense. But they are saying that the gospel really is the power of God to all who believed. And they're saying, I've experienced that power. And this, this declaration of baptism, it, it's good in a lot of different ways. It's good for the person being baptized, and it's also good for the rest of us who are witnessing them being baptized. And so it's good for those being baptized because it's, it's, uh, it's putting a stake in the ground, this declaration. You're really going public with their faith. It's kind of like pushing all your chips to the center of the table. They're saying, because of what he did, to me, he did for me, I belong to Christ forever, for time and for eternity. Bruce Ware uh, relates the following experience. <clears throat> he says, an Asian theologian, a theologian from Asia, recently related to me how some non-Christians in Asia view baptism, telling their sons and daughters, it's okay for you to worship or study the Bible with those Christians, but just don't get baptized. 
You can study the Bible, you can talk about Christ, but don't get baptized. As non-believers, they recognize that to be baptized is to cross a river of no return. And then Ware says, this perception is strikingly biblical and instructive. Baptism is a serious proclamation. If you're a believer or if you become a believer and then you're baptized, you will never forget it, okay? You will look back to that day the rest of your life, I dare say for eternity. And uh, it, was, it was about a month ago, I got a text. Uh, it was on March the 10th from a former K-State student, Nikki Grover. Maybe some of you remember Nikki, but she, she texted me this out of the blue. She said, seven years ago tomorrow, you baptized me. And I didn't remember that, but she remembered it. And she went on to explain how significant a, a moment that was for her. Uh, she had been raised in a family that followed another faith. She came to K-State. She put her faith in Christ. This is the first church she ever came to in her life. And uh, when she got baptized, she went public with her faith. And so baptism is good for those being baptized. It, it solidifies something in your heart. We would say baptism doesn't save you, but we're not saying it does nothing for you, okay? It's powerful for the person being baptized. And baptism is also good for the rest of us, whether you're a believer or whether you're not yet a believer, because we all need to hear the gospel again and again and again. We all need to be convinced over and over again of the power of the gospel, the beauty of the gospel, and the relevance of the gospel, and so in just a minute, we're going to play the, the testimonies. We just got a, a segment, a snippet of, of these seven testimonies. And uh, if you're a believer, we would encourage you to, to pay attention and ask the question, okay, what can I learn? What, what new insights? What can be solidified in my life about the relevance of the gospel? And if you're not yet a believer, if you're not yet a follower of Christ, maybe this is the day when you really understand the gospel. You get it on a heart level. Maybe God gives you this vision, what my life could be, because the, the gospel really is the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes. That's as true for you as it is for me. And so I like those who are going to be baptized. So we got Chad Joyce and Grace. Grace Wilcox are going to be baptized. So if you'd come with me to the back and the rest of you, enjoy these uh, stories of what God's done in people's lives.